I'm Drew Thorngren, and you're listening to Aggie Radio 92.3 FM KBLU LP Logan, Utah. Find Touchdown Thorngren on Spotify, Podbean, and iTunes, the new sports podcast for all you sports fans. a lot to talk about this week so much has happened with nba nfl mlb we'll 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 dive straight into it first off we're gonna start with the packers right the packers finally got the revenge on the san francisco 49ers they uh got destroyed in the regular season last year and then we all remember that nfc championship game where they got brutally destroyed um, San Francisco pounded the ball down their throats, and the Packers are able to come back with a huge, huge victory against the Niners. But here's the thing. The 49ers had a lot of their, their second team in. I mean, they weren't having Jimmy G. He was out. George Kittle out. Debo out. Ayuk out. Um, a lot of players are on the COVID list or IR. So, yes, they may have won by a lot. But it honestly didn't prove a whole lot to me. Yes, it helped their record, but there's still so many teams in the NFC. Like, for example, seeing the Saints pull that off against the Buccaneers showed me a lot um, this past week. So Packers ended up being victorious over the San Francisco 49ers. And then Dalvin Cook, my heck, Dalvin Cook is putting on a show this season. Um, He's leading the team, uh, leading the league in rushes. Dude's an absolute stud. Um, and he's also, you know, he had a couple of injuries and he was battling through and he's killing it also with Derrick Henry. Um, Derrick Henry's doing a great job as well. Um, some of your top leading rushers in the league right there Two a time. All right. The dolphins. It's interesting because they were doing good with Ryan Fitzmagic, right? And then all of a sudden they're like, well, frick, he's actually doing really good. Like we, uh, you know, there's that tank for Tua thing going on last year. But anyway, they were able to get Tua. But he, you know, Ryan Fitzmagic was doing well. Benched him, put Tua in, and Tua's performing great. I mean, I'm liking what I'm seeing from him. Um, It's interesting, though. Who's going to be better for the NFL? We got Tua, Burrow, and Herbert. I honestly... I like all three of them. I think they're all great quarterbacks. But you got to look at their situations, right? Tua, he doesn't have a whole, you know, yes, you got Devontae Park around you, but a whole real good squad around you. I mean, the defense really isn't that amazing. The offense, I mean, they've had so many injuries in the run game. I mean, their O-line's all right, but, I mean, offensive weapons, you pretty much have Devontae Parker. But Tua's still able to go out there and perform. Joe Burrow, same thing. I mean, his his O-line just lets him get hit left and right. Defense isn't all amazing. Um, granted, you know, they play some of the best offensive teams in their division, but still. Um, and then A.J. Green, honestly, I just don't think A.J.'s in his prime anymore. Um, I haven't been really impressed with him this season. And so Joe Burrow, you know, yes, you got John Ross as well, but still, like, 
There's uh, there's not a whole lot of weapons. Yeah, you may have one or two offensive weapons, but still, I mean, his pass attempts, pass ratings through the roof. Um, granted, with the weapons he has, and then Justin Herbert. I mean, same thing. He's his QB IQ, like football knowledge, is incredible. Um, watching him, just reading defenses, is amazing. But also, again, you know, his surroundings. Your defense is all right. I'll give you that. Offense, yes, you got Keenan Allen. Um, not the greatest run game, but he, just, he gets so close to some games, but he just can't finish. And so that's, uh, I don't know, they all three have done really well, but I think right now I'm honestly the most impressed with Joe Burrow. Yes, he hasn't won um, as much, but granted with his weapons and what he's still able to do is phenomenal. So... I'm probably going to go with Joe, uh, Joe Burrow right there. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, oh my heck. So going into last week, you know, I was hyping up Buccaneers. Thought they are going to go out there, especially with Antonio Brown now. Going to go out there and get revenge on the Saints. And that did not happen. Um, they were outcoached. Flat out outcoached. Bruce Aarons was criticizing Tom Brady after the game. But Bruce Aarons had more than equal to Tom Brady in regard to uh, whose fault it is with that game. I mean, their defense was looking flat against the Saints. Um, Drew Brees was going off on offense. And the thing is, too, a lot of the points came from, like, the first half. I mean, after that first quarter, I was watching the game, and I was like, oh, my heck. Like, their defense is just giving up all these points. But, yes, Brady, you know, had some interceptions. But they just were not as well prepared. And uh, definitely outcoached. Um, it's interesting because that's the first time in Tom Brady's career where he's lost both games to a division rival. Um, I'm not too worried, though. I think it's definitely a wake-up call um, for the Buccaneers. And I think they'll be able to get stuff figured out. But that's going to affect them down in the long run um, with playoff spots. Heading in, uh, especially with, you know if they want to win the division, who they're going to play. Um, heading to the playoffs. So definitely was a huge hit, but I'm not too worried about them moving forward. Um, the Bills, oh my heck. The Bills exposed the Seahawks. They honestly did. Um, watching their defense, their defense was doing really good. Yes, you know, it was a high-scoring game, but I loved what I was seeing from the Bills' defense. And then on offense, oh my heck. Just seeing some of the Josh Allen, some of the balls he's throwing out there, incredible. Um, Stephon Diggs went off. They look they looked great. They had a good run game. Um, very very impressed with the Bills, and I do think that's a problem with the Seahawks is that the Seahawks defense is lacking, especially in that NFC. It is going to be so hard to win the NFC. Um, you know we got the Packers, the Saints. You know you got the Cardinals on the rise, right? You got a lot of just really really good teams. And those teams have good defenses and offenses. So I don't think the Seahawks are going to be able to make a far run, let alone just with on their, their offense side. If they were able to have some additions on the defense, it would be different. But yes, they picked up uh, Dunbar from um, the Bengals, but still um, not overly impressed. The Bills definitely exposed them in that game. And then Cam, I mean, they lost consecutive games, goes in, 
granted it's the worst team in the league, but he was able to find a way to win. Um, definitely helps them bounce back after these past couple of weeks, um, taking some L's, but he found a way. And yes, you know, it's the New England Patriots, you know, and they've been amazing for 20 plus years, right? But like, you got to look at the situation. You look at when Tom Brady was there and then Cam Newton, right? Tom Brady for years had so many weapons. And then defense, you know, generally stacked most times. This year, I mean, I was, I was seeing, they've lost so many players on defense um, in the offseason. And that played a huge hit, took a huge hit on the Patriots defense. And on offense, I mean, the run game's nothing great. Julian Edelman's out. You don't have the Gronk um, like they used to at tight end. So you don't really have a solid tight end. So you got to understand where they're coming from. Um, there's also a lot of talk that Bill Belichick, this may be his last year. It's like one bad season and then people want him out, which I don't understand. You, you're talking one of the greatest coaches of all time has a team where he lost literally like half his defense, loses his quarterback uh, to free agency that he had for like 20 years. Give him, give him a break. Honestly, they'll, they'll bounce back. They'll be all right. All right, heading into baseball, Alex Cora is back. I, I'm i stoked. Um, yes, you know, he served his time. It's not right what he did with the sign stealing. That's that's not okay. But he served his time, and he's back with the, the Red Sox. I'm a huge Red Sox fan, so I'm excited to see him back. Um, should be interesting. Definitely should be interesting. But it's interesting because, like, the Red Sox will go from winning the World Series to to not doing so well for a couple years, and then they'll put this great team together, win the World Series, and then repeat, repeat. And then NBA, Russ and Harden, uncertain about the Rockets moving forward. I mean, the Houston Rockets, okay, they just lost their general manager, okay? He's gone, left. Head coach, Mike D'Antoni, left, okay? So you're looking at that, right? And Harden and Russ are both still in their prime. They still got quite a bit of years left to play. Obviously, they like playing with each other um, in basketball. But the thing is, is that, yes, they're good friends. Yes, they like playing with each other. They have a lot of good chemistry. But they don't have a whole lot of assets around them. Um, and it's going to be hard to win the West, um, especially with Golden State being healthy coming back. Um, the Lakers, you know, reigning champs. Clippers is still a dangerous team. I mean, I mean the Jazz, even the Jazz, my heck. I mean, they're looking good as well. Um, still be able, the Jazz are still able to have that team that they had last year. And Bogdanovich, too, would be healthy um, heading into this season. So there's a lot of teams to compete with in the West. But I honestly think that Harden is going to go to the Sixers. Um, you have your GM that leaves there, right? And he has that connection with James Harden. And I honestly think we could see a Ben Simmons-James Harden trade. I honestly think that's a real situation. Because, yeah, Joel Embiid on the Sixers with Ben Simmons on the Sixers, right? I don't like their chemistry. And it's a battle of who's, whose team is this. And you can't have that. And James Harden going there, I think, would really accommodate Joel Embiid a lot. And I think he'd be able to help the Sixers, especially now you got Doc there. Um, 
Doc Rivers, great coach. I think he'd be able to do a lot with those 76ers, um, really help them out in the East. And then there's also talk CP3 going to the Suns. Um, I don't know how I feel about that because, honestly, I think Chris Paul could go to the Lakers. I don't know if Rondo's going to stay because here's the thing. Okay, so you got Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, Rajon Rondo. Russ, I do not think is going to stay with the Rockets. I think he's going to leave. Um, I don't know where he's going to go. Uh, dream scenario, I'd love to watch him on the Heat. I think he would do great things on the Heat. Um, same thing with like CP3. I could see him on the Heat. But what would you know? a lot of fans would love to see is getting Chris Paul on the Lakers. And let's say that you get some crazy scenario that you're able to get Carmelo Anthony over to the Lakers, right? I mean, you got LeBron, Chris Paul, and Carmelo, who are all really good friends. And I'm sure there's some of you fans out there who are like, man, let's just bring like Dwayne Wade back for a year, right? Because they're all those four are really good friends uh, throughout the years. But no, realistically, I think it, it could happen. Maybe not with Melo. I think Melo's going to stay um, in Portland. But I could see Chris Paul definitely going to the Lakers and helping them out. I think that would definitely help give them the edge over the Warriors. Um, dream scenario, right? But it honestly could happen. But um, CP3 to the Suns. I mean, the Suns, we all remember the, the bubble uh, play, or bubble team of the Phoenix Suns, right? I mean, they look great in the bubble. Um, Booker especially, man. Dude's a baller. And Chris Paul on that team could help. Chris Paul definitely hitting the end of his prime. Um, he could be able to definitely help out there for sure. But I just don't see him winning rings there. I do see him winning rings with the Lakers. And he's been around the league for a long time and has yet to go to the finals. So I think that would be in consideration where he goes. Um, Rondo, though. I definitely think Rondo should go to the Clippers. I think... Rajon Rondo would definitely benefit that team a lot more than anywhere else. Yes, he helped the Lakers. Um, playoff Rondo was amazing. But the Clippers, I think, need a true a true point guard. Um, Kawhi Leonard wants you know the team to be around him, right? And he's he's soft spoken, doesn't speak up a whole lot, but he definitely he doesn't want to take the lead the whole time like LeBron does. Because LeBron, he's like, hey, like, I'll take all these shots. Like, I will put the team on my back and go hard. I want all the attention, right? Like, with the media, recruiting players. And then Kawhi, yes, you know, he's had some great shots. Um, game winners, you know, we all remember a couple years ago with the Raptors, you know, over Sixers to get to the finals, right? Like, he's taking big shots. Don't get me wrong there. But the thing is, he's not the same guy like LeBron um, in regard to that. That's why, you know, it's like, all right. Take the pressure off me, uh, Paul George, you take over, right? And they had the most stacked roster in the league. But with Rondo helping them out, then it takes a lot of pressure off Kawhi where he's like, all right, Rondo, do your thing, get people the ball, make sure I'm getting my shots. I'll take some clutch shots, but I need your help, all right? Paul George, same thing, you know, being able to help Paul George out, get him the ball a lot, I definitely think he would benefit the Clippers. And then for the Warriors, I mean, the Warriors, let's not forget what they've been able to do the past couple of years. Yes, you know, in the finals, you had KD got hurt, and then now he's over to Brooklyn, right? 
And then you had Clay, you know, knee injury out all last year. Steph, same thing, was a, a wrist injury, you know, battling injuries out for the rest of the season. But now they're healthy. Um, Steph's healthy. Clay's healthy. Draymond healthy, right? I honestly think the Warriors right now will win the West. It's so early to tell, but for my just analyzing in the NBA right now, I think from a roster standpoint, I think they have the best chance. Yes, you got the Clippers and the Lakers, you know, stacked teams. And then you got teams like the Utah Jazz or, you know, Portland Trailblazers that can make some noise. But seriously, watch out the Warriors. That's leading right into the draft. So the top three players as of now for the NBA draft, right? You got LaMelo Ball, who right now is rumored to be number one, and the Timberwolves would take him. I like it. Um, personally, I think it's a good move. Um, I think he'd really benefit Timberwolves a lot. Two, James Wiseman. Okay, James Wiseman is a stud. And honestly, I think he'd be a great addition to the Warriors. Yes, uh, dream scenario, right? Love to see, like, Draymond get traded with this pick for, like, uh, Giannis, okay? That would be awesome to see Clay, Steph, Giannis. But I just don't... I thought it was more likely to happen um, a couple months ago, but I just don't see the likelihood of that happening at least this year. Um, but I do see them drafting James Wiseman. I think he'd be a great addition to Golden State. And then the number third player, I'm not. I'm not even gonna say his last name, but because I definitely know I'll butcher it. But Oneka, having him go to Charlotte is what they have predicted right now with ESPN. I think it's a wise move again. Dude's a stud. Um, a lot of potential um, moving forward. All right. So Isaiah Thomas earlier had said, I was more dominant over MJ, right? And that he was worried more about Bird, Magic, Kareem, and Dr. J more than MJ. Um, it's interesting because, like, growing up, you, you never really heard Isaiah Thomas um come out in public like that um especially especially before the last dance but since the last dance came out i think there's a lot more beef and that mj and isaiah thomas do not like each other um personally i uh i don't i don't know how i feel about this because i mean i look at like other situations right where like yeah um tom brady eli manning right i mean eli won those clutch games and it's just like we don't know why that happens but it just it just did or it's like nick Foles. i mean the backup quarterback to the philadelphia eagles behind carson wentz goes in and beats the greatest quarterback of all time in the super bowl but then like a couple weeks ago the bears were playing the buccaneers you know tom brady the quarterback for the buccaneers goes in to play the bears where nick Foles was the quarterback and then lost that right and it's just like how how does this happen Yes, Brady's a way better player um, than Eli Manning or Nick Foles. But those players just somehow have an edge. And honestly, like Isaiah Thomas, he may have had the edge in like, those battles. Um, seriously. Um, he was a little bit more dominant than MJ when they were playing head-to-head. -head. I will give him that with their teams. But MJ's a way, way better player. He's the GOAT. He's, he's the greatest of all time. So... I don't necessarily disagree with this because to him, maybe that's who he's more worried about um, just because his team had the edge over MJ. 
but I do think he's trying to get some shots fired um, at MJ, especially after the last dance and MJ coming out on his, on his thoughts about Isaiah Thomas for sure. Right. So now we're going to dig into the top 10 of Thorngren hierarchy for the NFL. So we'll begin with number 10, Las Vegas Raiders. Hey, Raiders are looking great. Um, their defense is looking great. Offense is looking great. Loving Josh Jacobs, right? Dude's an absolute stud. Um, Carr, oh my heck. Some of the th throws he's been able to make this season have been incredible. And honestly, they have a really good shot. Um, definitely for the playoffs. I don't know if they'll necessarily win the division because you got Kansas City Chiefs in their division. But man, they're looking good. Um, honestly, too, like I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, hey, you know, the Raiders a couple years ago went to the playoffs, right? You had Marshawn Lynch. Mari Cooper, Clomac leading your defense, but then Clomac, you know, gone, Bears, right? Marshall Lynch, gone, right? Dipped out. And then you got uh, Mari Cooper, gone, Cowboys, right? So you lost, like, a lot of your, like, main team, but they've been able to bounce back, I think, really well. So I'm, uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing from them. Nine, I got the Cardinals. Yes, it was a close game against the Dolphins, but, man, like, Kyler Murray again. He's really impressing me. Um, I love the chemistry between him and Hopkins. I think they're well-coached, solid team. I got them at nine. Eight, the Buccaneers. Um, the Buccaneers dropped on my list just because, like, they got destroyed um, this past week. That was the worst game. Um, That's the worst deficit Tom Brady's had in his whole entire career in the NFL, right? Um, The Saints, honestly, I uh, their defense looked great. They were able to stop the pass game, stop the run game. They just shut down the offense of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then the Buccaneers defense let them just put up, what, 20-plus in the first quarter? Like, that's that's unacceptable. But I do think the Buccaneers will be able to bounce back. And moving forward, I think they'll be able to get more chemistry um, between the team with the addition of Antonio Brown. I got them at eight. Seven, I got the Titans just because – um, they've been able to prove themselves time to time. I'm really liking their offense, stack defense, again, well-coached team. And being able to be the Colts, I do think they'll win the division. But now it's like, all right, yes, you may be the front runner winning your division, but now you got to go out there and prove it against, you know, Chiefs, Ravens, try to get ahead of them into the playoffs. Because, yes, you don't have fans for home field, but that definitely will help them out a lot on in regard to what teams they play. In the playoffs. So I had them at seven. Six, I got the Bills. Um, the Bills exposed the Seahawks. They did. And I think their offensive defense are amazing. I think the Bills definitely are going to give any team in the AFC a run for the money. Um, no matter what. So I like the Bills. Got them at six. And then I got the Seahawks at five. Yes, the Bills beat the Seahawks. But being able to see the Seahawks and what they've been able to do st still so far on offense, um, I got them over the Bills just by a tad bit. Um, I just think the Seahawks play a little bit more of a tougher schedule. And so far they've been able to go out and beat a lot of successful teams. Yes, they've lost a couple, but I got them at 5-4. I got the Ravens. 
And team is again are figuring out Lamar Jackson. But they're gonna have to they're gonna have to change it up. I remember, like I said last week, a couple years ago, you know, when Colin Kaepernick was on the 49ers, teams are starting to figure them out. But then that's when he went off and exposed teams' defenses in the pass game. So I think that's something that we need to see more from the Ravens moving forward. Three, I got the Saints. Yes, they moved up a lot. Um, I think. They're starting to find them more and more of their identity moving forward. More team chemistry, Michael Thomas, um, chemistry-wise, um, with his teammates, their defense. I mean, Marshawn Lattimore. Oh my heck! And they were able to they were able to stop Mike Evans, and there's just that, that bitter rival between them. And they they went out. And their defense definitely. Was a highlight of that game. Yes, their offense was able to put up a lot of numbers, especially that first half, but their defense looked incredible. Not the best defense in the league, though. I got the Steelers uh, as the best defense in the league, and I got them at number two. Yes, they survived a close one against the Cowboys, but still undefeated team, still looking great. Um, but injuries, you know, that's something they got to watch out for. Is Big Ben going to be injured again, be put on IR? Who knows? Um Defense, you know, defense is looking great. Offense, they just got to be really careful of injuries. Number one, I got the Chiefs. Chiefs, I just think, are the best team in the league as of now. But their defense against the Panthers was getting exposed. Um, they were. And I think down the down the road, that's really going to impact the Chiefs um, with their defense. So that is Thorngren Hierarchy, your top 10 teams in the NFL. All right, so going to college football. Um, so you know, you know me. I'm a current student at Utah State University, and there's been big news all over the country right now with the departing of Gary Anderson. Part of ways, you know, came to Utah State last year after Coach Wells left, went on to Texas Tech, right, and was able to get to staff last year. Wasn't nearly as good as they were the year before. Um, but yes, they had Jordan Love. Jordan Love was a first round pick, went to the Packers, right? But then this season, 0-3, right? They've lost all three of their games by 25 points or more. And it's interesting. You you look at Coach Anderson's resume, you know, going from defensive coordinator at Utah, does an outstanding job, and then comes to Utah State, right? He really helped revive Utah State's football program. He really did. Um, Utah State was not nearly as good before uh, he came. He came here, did an outstanding job, and that definitely got a lot of national recognition, right? And then he goes to Wisconsin, right? Power 5 Conference, Wisconsin. Um, huge football program. He goes, wins 20 games, loses 7, right? I'd say that's that's pretty good. But then leaves, you leave Wisconsin, big five powerhouse, and then you go to Oregon State, who's the the bottom of the pack, right? Pack twelve. Oregon State's not that good, but goes there, has a seven and twenty three record, and then dips, right? Dips out of there, and then you go, oh, what? Be a coordinator for Kyle Whittingham at the U, and then comes back to Utah State, has an, a decent season. I mean, last year it was decent, but then have a 3 season this year. Um, we do got to give him some slack, though. 
with this season. Yes, 0-3, losing by 25 points or more. But you got to look at the situation with COVID, right? I mean, it's not nearly the same. You don't have the same time to be able to prep like you would on a normal season. But then you also got to consider, well, other teams haven't had the same luxury either. I mean, other teams are having people with COVID out, players who have opted out. And I think something that might have hurt him was saying players weren't able to opt out um, on the team. So I think that definitely hurt him a lot. And I uh, also think, too, the success of BYU was a factor in this situation. I mean, you got to look at this, for example. Let's go Let's go to the NBA, right? You had the Lakers and the Clippers. Clippers were far better team, right, with talent-wise, roster-wise. But then the Lakers were able to win – not only um, their conference, but being able to win the NBA Finals, right? So you had that happen. So the Clippers, what did they do? They got rid of Doc Rivers, who's one of the greatest coaches in NBA history, right? To me, he is. And then you look at Utah State situation, okay? You're looking at the U. You know, the U's had to have their games canceled. You know, last year they're supposed to play. It got canceled with COVID and stuff. So you can't really compare yourselves to them because, you know, Power five team in the Power Five conference, not seeing a whole lot because of COVID, right? But then you look at BYU, who's top ten in the nation, goes out and destroys Boise State, absolutely destroys Boise State, and then you have your team play Boise State, and you get throttled. I'm mean, so you're looking at your team loses to Boise State by a lot, and then you have BYU, who's a rival, a state rival that goes in and throttles them. So that definitely plays a huge factor as well because coaches, you got to look at other teams um, in your state or your region, right? You're looking at their success and you have expectations you got to meet. But this year he was not able to. And so right now they have the interim coach, um, Coach Miley. And I think he's definitely going to be auditioned for the head coaching position. Um, he was the interim coach a couple years ago when Coach Wells left. He was interim coach. Stayed on staff last year, Coach Anderson. Um, I don't know, though, just because, like, moving forward, we'll, we'll see how, how the games go. It's going to be interesting because no fans are allowed um, this week. So I definitely think that's going to have a, an impact. It really does. Your student section really makes a, a huge impact on your team. But also potential candidates. I have two other ones um, adding into Coach Miley. I got Jay Hill from Weber State. Um, he's had three straight years of 10 plus, uh, wins, which is amazing. And one of the, um, assistant athletic directors here at Utah state, he was the former AD Jerry, Jerry Bovey. He was the former athletic director at Weber state and came here, um, to Utah state. And I definitely think that's something to consider too, especially with recruiting. I think that's something to look, um, into with coach Hill being familiar with state, uh, state of Utah recruiting in the state he's shown a lot of success at weber state has connections here within utah state so i could see that and that's my personal front runner for the position you also got coach lamb ed lamb um down at southern utah university he when he was the former head coach now he's the assistant at byu and again you know he's a former seu head coach knows a lot about the recruiting here in the state and then byu you know he's obviously had a couple of says in who they're recruiting and then you got to look at their situation of being a top 10 um, team in the nation right now.
So those are my three, I think. I think right now, Jay Hill is the front runner, but we'll see what happens with it in coming weeks. Now we're going to dive into my week predictions heading into week 10. All right, so Thursday night football. We got the Colts versus Titans. Going with the Titans there. I think Titans are going to outperform them. Again, huge run game. I'm liking the Titans more in their passing game. I think a lot of teams have really shut down the run game or attempted to. So it opens the pass game. And then the defense has to prepare for the pass game, which opens up the run game. Um, so I'm going with the Titans there. You got the Texans versus the Browns. Again, I'm going to go with the Browns. Yes, they don't have Odo Beckham Jr., but I'm liking them over the Texans, especially the Texans defense versus the Browns offense. I think Baker's going to have a great day going with the Browns. Washington football team versus the Lions. I'm going with the Lions. Um, yes, Washington, you know, they uh, have a lot of in- interesting stuff happening at the quarterback position with Dwayne Haskins, you know, being benched and having Allen injured. And then you got Alex Smith back. Awesome. I love to see Alex Smith um, being back playing. Um, injuries like that suck, but being able to bounce back. Um, kudos to you, Alex Smith. But I'm going to go with the Lions there. I think the Lions are a little bit more stacked on the defensive side. And I think you'll see a big day for Matthew Stafford. The Buccaneers versus the Panthers. I think the Buccaneers are going to be able to bounce back. And I think that Tom Brady will definitely get more chemistry with Antonio Brown on a new team. So I'm liking them. Definitely going to bounce back, beat the Panthers. Eagles-Giants going with the Eagles. I think the Giants don't really have much to go for this season. So I could see them um, tanking and trying to get a higher draft pick, um, especially when Saquon Barkley was out. I think that's played a huge factor. And all right, well, we're not going to win the division. Um, there's a lot of good players that we could get here in the draft. So, But Eagles, I think win that game the Jaguars versus Packers I'm going with the Packers there I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have you know another great game have that momentum against the 49ers getting that revenge from last year Um, I'm going with the Packers Bills Cardinals I think this will be a close one because both teams are really good on both sides of the ball but I think the Bills have slightly a better edge over the Cardinals just from that momentum of last week being the Seahawks going with the Bills Chargers, Dolphins, going with the Dolphins, two a time. It'll be fun to see uh, Justin Herbert versus uh, Tua. So going with the Dolphins there. Broncos, Raiders, um, I think it'll be a close game. Like I said, Broncos always, like, they have such close games. And oftentimes they can't get over that hump of finishing. Um, But I think the Raiders will take the W here against the Broncos. Seahawks, Rams, I think the Seahawks are really bitter about Getting exposed by the Bills last week. I think they'll bounce back. And I think they'll beat the Rams. Bengals-Steelers. I'm going with the Steelers. Again, Joe Burrow. Love to see him ball out. He's doing really good, especially with the circumstances he's under with the Cincinnati Bengals. But I think the Steelers, they're undefeated. They're going to keep the train going. I got the Steelers winning. 49ers versus Saints. At this point, it's so hard as a Niners fan to see you know half the team being placed on IR or with COVID right um but i think the saints they have so much momentum especially after beating the buccaneers and i think they're super bitter about last year um last year's game against them we all know george kittle like manhandled the defense in that crazy route crazy crazy game um so i think they'll bounce back i'm going with the saints there ravens patriots i think this honestly will be a close game i i really do i think um 
the Patriots defense is going to shut down Lamar Jackson, but I think they'll they'll have the edge. Just by a tad bit, I could see them with like a game-winning field goal, right? So I'm going to go with the Ravens there. Vikings, Bears, I'm going to go with the Vikings. Um, Bears, like I said earlier, I just do not, I don't trust them. I really don't. Um, Mitch Trubisky, you know, when he was the starting quarterback, never really trusted him completely. Nick Foles, again, like one hit wonder to me. I mean, you go in there and you, you win the Super Bowl, but then like, yes, you, you're a good player, but like, I mean, you got cut from, you're, you're gone from the Jaguars and then you go to the Bears and like now, you know, you had a couple good games, but not doing so well. So I think that the Vikings have the edge over there. So right now, 92 wins with 41 losses on my predictions. Pretty good to me. Um, but those are my predictions for this week. So thank you for tuning in to Touchdown Thorgren. Enjoy your weekend. And God bless.